0: Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're going to be be discussing strategies for personal branding and marketing yourself after we talk about me. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. know the value that you bring to the marketplace you know what your passion is you know why you do what you do so racism it's out there but it doesn't have to stop you just because somebody might look at you a certain way that doesn't have to stop your forward progress that's where you have to eliminate the excuses you got to make that game plan say for me to get to that point All righty. So, for those of you that tuned in to yesterday's show, thank you very much. And if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and watch that one as well, you know, after you watch this one, okay? And also, thank you for the support on the new show, The Debate Show. We buy to get deep with Robert B. Foster, where we take tough topics and we have rational conversations about it. It's not your typical yell and scream fest. We actually have well-thought-out conversations about tough tough subjects. So that's Mondays at 11 o'clock. So for those of you enjoying the summer heat, make sure you guys get sunscreen on. This is not, not a paid advertisement. I ain't there yet. But make sure you put, put the sunscreen on. You got to protect yourselves. And so we're going to be talking about about personal branding. And before I bring my guest on, so most of you that have been following the show on a regular basis, you know the, the premise of this show is about Overcoming Obstacles and Mastering Your Inner Story, because once everything went virtual last year, as I sat in many, many virtual meetings, I found a lot of people really can't tell their personal stories. They're all over the place. There's a lot of ahs and ums, and they're not really in touch with the power that they have at their fingertips, and that power lies in your story. So I created this show to take people who have accomplished amazing things in their life but we highlight the things that they had to go through to get there. Okay, so that's that's the purpose of, of this show. So we definitely want to get to all the good stuff, but we want to be relatable. So th- there are things that I, I've had to go through. You guys know the seven surgeries, you know, the watching my father pass away, you know, to, to having Olympic dreams crushed, you know, like there's so many things that, that we keep on the inside, but sharing those stories can help someone else who who is struggling and by you sharing your story you can help other people heal from trauma you can help them you know repair relationships like there's so many different avenues that you can go through from sharing your story so if you think your story doesn't matter i urge you to reconsider because it does all right so today we're going to be talking with the entertainment guru right we're going to go over strategies to personal branding and marketing yourself so who is this guy Right, this entertainment guru holds a BA in communication studies from Long Beach State University and an MBA in marketing from the University of Redlands. He is the founder and CEO of the Carlos Raymer Scholarship Foundation. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. And he serves the community as a motivational speaker to colleges and universities throughout Southern California. Welcome, Mike. Hey, to
1: the show. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up?
0: How's it going, my
1: friend? I'm well. How are you, sir?
0: Doing good. Doing good. So, so you still out there in Southern Cali?
1: I am. This, this is all I know. This is, this is home. You know. So uh, nice. Yeah, what I, part? I don't think. Feel... I'm born and raised in San Diego, and okay. I've been in Los Angeles for oh my goodness, what, 17, 18 years now.
0: Okay. So yep. mm,
1: yeah. So nice. Yeah.
0: No. I, I love Southern California. I've been to, uh, to Irvine, I've been to Costa Mesa, um. and there's another one. I've been in three three different areas out there. I don't remember the third one, but I like them all. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> I mean, Southern California is nice. That's where everybody wants to get to. So that's so why I tell my son, like, you know, I don't want you to leave for school. I think you should stay right here for school because everybody yeah. leaves and then want to come right back. So mm-hmm. you know, make your network. You know, now you know, network now, but your connections yeah. now. So, but yeah, I love it. I mean, not yeah. to say that I wouldn't leave Cali. I, I probably, if I was to move anywhere, it'd have to be New York or Miami, another you know, major market. You know, so.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. At, at first, I was gonna say, why would you leave Southern Cali and go go to New York with that cold? But then again, New York's the biggest market in the country, so yeah,
1: about making that money. If yeah. Don't pay me more, I'm gonna
0: go. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. All right. So, if you could describe yourself in you know a couple paragraphs, now who is who is Mike?
1: Um, Mike Barker is a very simple, easygoing guy that has an extensive background in entertainment. I didn't ask to be in entertainment, but you know, someone described it as being bitten like a vampire. You know, <laughs> not to say I'm a vampire, but you know, after a while we have so much experience within an industry, it's like, well, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know? And um, but yeah, I'm a father, I'm a family man, I'm an only child, I'm a single father. On top of that, you know. Hey, so am I. Join the club. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Well, yes, guess <laughs> sorry. And, um, you know, I'm a God's man. I go to church every Sunday, virtually now, obviously, you know, Church of Christ, Crenshaw Church of Christ, very proud of my religion. Um, And, you know, I just try to keep a a simple, sane life, you know, because I know that sometimes things can be a little extra for me in terms of my expectations for myself or my career or growing, you know, and, you know, on top of that, I'm, I'm a guy that's, I'm emotional and I am okay with being emotional, you know, and, uh, but I I definitely studied emotional discipline as well, you know, because, uh, once you tap into that, that too much emotion, it can be too much drama, you know what I mean? And I'm not perfect and I'm always learning and I'm fun born on St. Patrick's day. So I've always gone to have a good time. I'm a lefty. So I definitely am a creative and um yeah so i'm a i'm an easy going guy okay. you know, i I think so some people don't think so but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah true <laughs> you know people's expectations isn't always reality as absolutely, you know absolutely
1: absolutely
0: all right so when you were growing up so first off how how was your how would you describe your upbringing
1: um my upbringing was it had as good and as bad as ups and as downs, you know I know that um, I grew up in a single parent household. My parents, you know, were a very rocky relationship for um, marriage for 10 years. And they divorced when I was 10, but it was, you know, drama and and stuff like that. Um, And it was my mother and my grandmother raised me, you know, and, um, but I, because I had that foundation, you know, my grandmother loved to shop and she loved to spoil me. You know, mm-hmm. she she kind of covered me with that. So I didn't necessarily see the badge, you know, okay. I came from a family who was, you know, a lot of substance abuse, a lot of violence, a lot of emotional abuse and yelling throughout the house. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you got to keep in mind this is the 80s and the 90s. So in Southern yeah. California, you know, heroin and crack and was was very uh very prevalent in your, in your neighborhood, in our neighborhood, you know, and, um, you know, grew up and didn't grow up initially in the safest neighborhood, grew up in Skyline. So I was around a whole bunch of gangbangers and dudes that was tougher than me. And, you know, I was picked on sometimes and called faggot and everything else, you know what I mean? But like I said, I, you know, God always found a way for me to just find the silver lining in it all not to say that it didn't affect me you know so funny i was talking about this the other day with a friend yeah. about how you know certain things still resonate with me still affect me to this day in my mind you know and on how i was treated you know as a child you know yes. and um for instance you know like my father not being in my life i just couldn't understand that for a while but it didn't bother me until, you know, I was out on my own, moved to LA, was going to college. And then I'm like, I don't know how to tie a tie and I'm not the best at sports. And it's like, F dude, like, why weren't you around to help me with that? And so, you know, my mother, when I was, when I was living with my mother when I, you know, in grade school and high school and middle school and all that, you know, her, her phrase was always, you can't miss something that you never had, you know? And so it was really kind of like putting the blinders on to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I didn't have those blinders on in undergrad, you know, I was just an angry twenty twenty one year old, you know, yes. because I was embarrassed that I had to look up how to tie a tie. And I was embarrassed that I wasn't as interested in sports as my peers, you know, and my fraternity brothers, you know? And, um, so I, that was a huge phase and I don't know exactly how I got over that. A while I got over that. Me and my father have a great relationship now. It took some time, but that that's very recent. You know what I mean? Just yes. what? Three, four years ago, back up a little bit. This year, father's day was the first time I ever spent father's day with my father. Wow. You know, in my 35 years, 36 okay. years, excuse me, you know, and four years ago, three or four years ago, I, you know, when he got his stuff together and was back in our lives somewhat i made this big ordeal to go down to san diego and spend father's with him and he like was talking to me a few hours before i even got down there and all of a sudden flaked on me you know and um yeah that kind of you know i tried not to let f on my head but hell yeah i cried i was bothered by it and my mother yeah. was like let's come on let's go shopping and you'll feel better about it you know and so that's why i kind of waited several years to to try it again and i said to him this year i said if you flake on me again bro i'm gonna find you, dude. You know what I mean. Send me your address <laughs> now, and I'll just, you know. But this, it was great. You know, I had a, it was, a, it was a natural connection. It was good. You know, dress all in the same color, and it, it was nice. You know what I mean. But you definitely don't forget the struggle that you went through. You know what I mean. Like my uncle in his substance abuse, and my mother and him always arguing all the time. My grandmother, you know, was a paraplegic. You know. Um, I'm finding out a whole bunch of stuff about my grandfather now that what I had never met, you know, so my mother kind of grew up the same way in terms of emotionally abusive household, you know, and that led into my mother getting into relationships where, you know, it wasn't the best either, you know, and I'm over here calling uh, one of my mother's boyfriends, you know, dad, because I wanted a dad so bad, you know, and they weren't even married, you know, barely even engaged and, was super controlling and abusive you know and so all these obstacles and things i went through and even like it it didn't stop you know my my mother didn't necessarily have a career until she was what 35 36 and that didn't happen until a month before my grandmother had passed my mother started at kaiser june 22nd 1999 and my grandmother died july 12 1999 you know and so from there my mother was you know youngest girl spoiled you know navy brat you know what i mean and and uh and so she just didn't want the same for me so i went through the whole getting eviction notices on our door when i was getting home from school and you know all of that you know and it didn't stop for me in college i didn't make the best decisions while i was in school either you know what i mean and uh had a baby young got arrogant because oh, i'm in the entertainment business now for what i think it was two years at that point i was all super cocky and i worked the grammy awards and i met all these all these celebrities whatever it may be and didn't take school seriously and had my own substance abuse issues because i was feeling uh just like an outsider yeah you know um with, with a lot of peers of mine in school and uh fell into substance abuse issues which i never told anybody about i literally made, not i one of made, but, you know, created a facade of, oh, I had to take a break from school because I'm going to be a father. No, I was effing up in school, dude. And they, I didn't have financial aid because my grades were so bad. And it was wow. like, you know, luckily I took like a two-year ed leave and I had a baby at that time, but I was paying for school out of my pocket at that point because I needed to be reinstated, you know? And Yeah got married knowing i shouldn't have gotten married you know and um i tried to work it out even though you know my my i wasn't necessarily fully attracted to her if you get my drift okay. you know, <laughs> 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 you, know? <I> <laughs> and, you know and um but i tried to make it work and uh that led to uh, my baby being two years old, I was in school, working. She wasn't working. She wasn't doing anything. My mom was helping her. I was helping her. I was in LA. She was in San Diego. And then she came to me. This is my ex-wife I'm speaking of. Yeah, Came to me and said, "Um, you come get your son before Easter, or I'm taking him to San Francisco with me, and you won't see him again. Wow. So what does any man do? You know what I mean? You go get your kid. Mm-hmm. And I got my son. She went on and did her thing. We tried to work it out a couple times. I hammered on the divorce, went back and forth, and eventually it was like, nah, I gotta stop this BS." And I, um, my mother was kind enough to move from San Diego to LA to help me with my kid. Um, and I filed for divorce. I think what November two thousand eleven, and I got sole custody of my son. Nice. And um, but that that struggle ain't over either. I still get my ex wife still angry to this day, where it's like, "You took my child from me." And, you know, you did all that, and I'm just like, I didn't I didn't take our baby from you, you know what I mean? Like, especially in the state of California. The state of California is always down for the mother first, you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. to be putting her out there on blast, but you didn't even show up to court, you know what I mean? Let's be 100, you know what I mean? So, you know, and thank God, I I was, I did have my stuff together, and and I did have the support of my mother, and I did know how to put Christ first, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and um, I had to finish school. And so from there, I finished my undergrad, at Cal State Long Beach, and um, went right, straight into Fresno. All, all right, right. Mm-hmm.
0: let's pause, let's pause there. Let me write down. We'll pick it up at at Fresno. Okay. You unpacked a whole lot for us. To I
1: did. It. I didn't even realize that it almost was like chronological order. Like this comes next, and this comes next. You know? I'll be mean, like, yeah. <laughs> "My bad, bro." When I no. was a little bit. No, no, it, it, it's good. I got, I got notes.
0: I got, I notes. got a lot see, of notes. See, I got all of that already. <laughs> and we're only fifteen that minutes in.
1: Lot. That was a lot, bro. All
0: right, so so let's talk about how you navigated this. So. So with your parents divorce, what was mm-hmm. your what was your initial reaction when you heard that they were splitting?
1: Um I didn't really care too much. The only thing that I vividly remember, I don't know why I always remember this, but like the day that my mother was like, "No, you have to go." And I think I think her breaking point was um my father stealing my jewelry as a child to sell for his substance abuse issue Oh wow! Okay. and so she was like it's bad enough you stole my jewelry but now you're selling my son's jewelry like it's a it's a done deal so wrap you know Mm. and um i just remember her with a bag giving him a bag at the door and he went in to act like he was going to give her a hug and kiss and he slapped her that's the only thing i remember that's the last thing i remember yeah and um you know and it wasn't it wasn't a bad relationship after that he was just Not around, you know. Yeah. And we're just—I think the only gift—and I hate talk. I hate really revealing this side of my father because he has really overcome this. He's really—he's a better grandfather to my son than he is a father, and I'm way more appreciative of that, you know. Yes. And um, but I do remember just you know graduating from high school and him dropping off a little little gift from ross or something with a, t- a bow tie and you know a little generic a little gift yeah. or i don't know what was in it some type of bow tie or mug or something like that just at the door and i was like such a bullcrap bro like you don't have to even drop a gift off to, honestly you could have just said congratulations on to show up to my graduation you know what i mean like yeah. you know not to be too myself a the horn but i was I, I was a shit in high school dude like i was played football class president you know king of dances and all that kind of stuff you know your typical stuff and so like your son was giving a speech at graduation in high school, you know what I mean? Like that was foreshadowing of what he wanted to be and who he could become, you know what I mean? And uh yeah. and so but wow. that's the past down his loss, but it, you know, it did suck at the moment. It is suck. Uh, yeah, you know? of course, of course. So yeah. what
0: so what was it like giving that speech when and him not being there?
1: Um I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't recall because I'm just sometimes I just get so wrapped up in the moment and the making sure it's perfect and making sure I recorded and making sure I got the best outfit and, you know, and I wasn't in tune to just really living in that moment and every single moment of that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I don't, I don't recall ever being upset or sad in high school about it. I was just like, his loss. Like my mother said, my mother will always be like, you can't miss something you never had, you know? Yeah. And so that right there makes me want to put my son, well, he's going to be, to see him our therapist, because I don't want all those hidden feelings on your mother, not being in your life to come out when you in college and I'm not around to help you. You know what I mean? And you don't know how to cope with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what it was. I was putting it all under the rug as if it didn't matter. And that's why it came out later. You know what I mean? And I feel like that may happen to my son because his mother's not around the same way my father's yeah. not around. You how how old is he? He'll be thirteen in August.
0: Thirteen. Yeah, because uh my two oldest kids, I I'm in that situation too. Like I raised them and um I have three younger kids, but their mom isn't in like we have fifty fifty custody. I mm-hmm. had I had um I had full custody of my older two. And and I mean, she left in two thousand six. I mean it's twenty twenty one so in 15 years she's maybe seen them eight times I want to oh say gosh. so oh, I got to yeah, the point yeah. to when my son was graduating she she actually came up but he refused to see her she, she lives down in Tennessee see? yeah and then she didn't even come up for, for my daughter's birth um my daughter's graduation granted it you know we were in the in the covid times but mm. you know she she still could have drove up you could have done something. Like, yeah, so like you could have drove up. You know, like trains were still running. You know, planes were still flying. You know, you just had to be to be cautious about traveling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she she didn't do that. And you know, like my daughter foot for the longest time, like I speak very very like i speak the truth to my kids like like i don't sugarcoat stuff you know like like i don't ever talk bad about her but if they ask me questions i tell them the facts of what happened Mm
1: -hmm. but just
0: but just with my daughter now it's like i think she's she'll be 19 in a couple weeks i think it's finally hitting her you know the magnitude of not growing up with her mom you know like it's just it's just hitting her like and i've had her talk to counselors and stuff but just it's all in how they process it. So my oldest son, he's just like bitter. Like I can't even mention, yeah. mention her name. And I'm trying to let him see that forgiveness is about you. Yeah. You know, it's like forgiveness isn't about the other person. I said, so whatever you feel you need from her, you just kind of have to take the L and realize you're not going to get it. <laughs> I was like, mm. so, so you just have to forgive in your heart. Just forgive her for not being there so you can move on.
1: I still don't understand that concept. I mean, I get it, but it's just, I, I just, I can't make it apply because I'm just yeah. like, I don't speak badly of her, but he's getting to that age now where it's hard not to see the truth, you know? Mm. And my son Mikey is like, his mother is the best thing on earth, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to send her Mother's Day card, and he's writing in the car wall thank you so much for what you do for me. And I'm like, well, maybe you should necessarily put that line because Mm. I don't want her to feel bad for what she's not doing to you. And that may create a whole moment. And I want you to be tapped into reality, dude. Like, you know, and I had a freaking, I broke down several months ago, just crying and, angry because I was struggling through something yeah you know and I was just like I can't even call her for help right now for anything you know what I mean yeah you know and it just it made me very upset and I did it in front of him I had to apologize to him later on you know what I mean yeah um but um I don't want to always ask my mother for help but I'm not talking about financial help I'm talking about like okay my schedule is busy as hell like can somebody help me I can't I can't ask her for that and it makes me upset you know or when yeah. she's like I'm gonna send some money and then it's like it don't happen i like, you don't, t- don't, don't tell me that then I'd rather you just be calling him on a consistent basis, you know? Yeah. And, um, so what I did to kind of get over that recently, I, I just said, you know what, he's going to have, he has two siblings. She's had two other kids after him. Yeah. And so, you know, not to be putting her on blast, but the truth of the matter is how she treats him is how she treats her other kids. They just are in the same city. But she has her sisters to help and her mother to help. So I said, you know what? I want Mikey to have a relationship with the siblings. So I'm, I'm just going to go through other avenues. I'm going to go through her sisters. I have a better relationship with her sisters than her. So, yeah. you know, and and it sucks. I told her, I said, you're creating your son to dislike you in the future. Yes. To resent you. You know, you don't realize that. You know. Yeah. And I told you,
0: um, my oldest son is so bitter. Like so yeah. so bitter. And I even tried to tell him. I was like, you know just just talk to her you know like you obviously have questions so just talk to her you yeah. know and and just that way you can release
1: yeah but right. he
0: he does not want to hear it at all. and and so I'm like a, like i'm not going to force yeah. him to. Right.
1: you know right. you know and
0: like i wonder if if you you if you felt like this like in the beginning i used to get so mad cuz same thing it would be her weekend to take the kids when when she still lived lived here in Rhode Island mm-hmm. and i i'd get them packed up and we're, we're waiting for her to come pick them up and she would never show. Or I would go bring them to her apartment and she's not there. And, and, and I would get so mad. And just just one day, like I'm fuming. I think I broke my old Nintendo uh, controller and I was just mad. I threw it up against the wall. And then it hit me. I'm like, she's probably sitting somewhere laughing while I'm over here pissed. You know, so I'm like, why am I wasting my emotional power on someone who obviously doesn't care? Right. So right, then I yeah. just I just started pulling back and said, you know what, I just need to be the best dad I can be for them. And yeah. then she's just gonna have to deal with the consequences of her actions at some right. point. And said so like and I, I would tell her on the phone, like at some point, you're gonna have to face face these kids. Yeah. You know, and she just yeah. thought she just thought, you know, they'd be better off with you. I mean she's not wrong. Like they would definitely yeah. bet better off with me, but they still needed a mom. <laughs> right,
1: Exactly. I mean, she should be our, both of our exes should be very grateful that we stand up men and, and, you know, yes. because my father wasn't like how I am, you know what I mean? And I'm a stand yeah. up man for that, you know? And, and they don't realize that these kids that you're treating better will become adults, you know what I mean? And like you said, they're going to have to they going gonna—they have to face the truth at some point, you know? Yeah. And I get my ex-wife where it's like, well, if you was to send Mikey to me, then I would buy him stuff, you know? I'm like, what kind of issue is that? Like, yeah. who are you, dude? You know, and so <laughs> I just, you know, Mikey's had his own phone for a few years now. So now it's like, your communication with your mother is between y'all. That's it, you know? Yeah. I, I can't force it. I mean, even though I do, I am that asshole where I'm just like, Every Tuesday, I'm calling. Like, did you talk to your son this week? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and she'll argue. And I just, I just ain't got the time for no more. I mean, yeah. the thing about it is, like, I don't, I don't like drama, but I definitely don't have a problem confronting a situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can be somewhat confrontational because I'm not the kind of guy that's going to keep a, a huge pink elephant in the room and I'll say something about it, you know? Yeah. But I, I definitely have to, um, uh, Tap into my emotional discipline and tap into not everybody deserves that energy and needs that energy, especially somebody that's not gonna yes. change. But okay. it's like watching your kid hurt, it just makes me so upset. It makes yep. me so mad. He's just the nicest, sweetest, understanding, coolest kid. It's like why wouldn't you want to be in his life? You exactly. know what I mean? Like it, it makes me upset.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I think where I hit my daughter was she was getting ready for the winter ball and I had two of my gym clients come to the house to do her hair and makeup. Mm. And, you know, and that's like, it's like a mother daughter moment. Yeah. And, and I think that's where it really hit her. Cause she was, she was only three when my ex left, you know? Oh, so, yeah. so she doesn't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. My, my son does remember, you know, cause uh-huh. like we, we didn't even know she was leaving. We found out she left. You know, so we were, so we were blindsided, but, but my son remembers that day. And so I think that's why he harbors that, that resentment. So my daughter, she would like, she would talk to her on the phone and they would text and stuff. But I just think like, as she's like pretty much once she hit puberty and it started having questions about like her cycle and, and everything else. Like I was dating someone else at the time, but they didn't have the greatest of relationship. So she still didn't really get that. That maternal care she was looking gotcha, for, gotcha. but I think it was when I had those other women come to the house to do her hair and makeup was when it's, like it actually hit her. Like yeah. my mom should be doing this, right. you yeah. know. Then like she really hasn't hasn't spoken to her since, you know. Oh, so man. maybe maybe one day in the future they can repair that, but you know I just felt yeah. felt like felt like sharing that with you was relevant because we're we're in the same yeah. boat
1: absolutely didn't even know that man it's just weird how full circle of how god aligns you with people Yes, you know so yeah
0: see and that's why i i like doing these unscripted conversations because you never know where it's gonna land yeah right, right <laughs> you know right. it's like and come yeah. to find out like if you just gave me a list of talking points and you know we we would have never had that conversation
1: Yeah, or, or you know? Know? exactly dude. and yeah, so yeah.
0: now yeah. after this If you're ever in a jam, you know what I mean? Shoot me a message. We can link up and we can talk through it.
1: You know what I mean?
0: So now now you have have another ally.
1: I appreciate that, brother. Thank you.
0: (laughs) My pleasure. All right. So when did you first get into music?
1: Um, I always knew that uh, I loved music and entertainment. My dad was the uh, drummer for the Gap Band at one point before he got caught up in his thing. I was... um, classically trained clarinetist on first chair in San Diego Symphony. So I grew up reading music and playing music and classical music and all that. So I knew that I had that in me. I knew that I always wanted to, I knew that I always um, had a, um, a niche and an interest in it, but I never took it like it was going to be a career. I was like, oh, this is going to be a side gig or it's going to be a hobby, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's because more of my mother didn't support it. It was just super artsy. And so she yeah. was like, you know, what are you really going to do? But my mother never really talked to me about college anyway. It was always like, make sure you get a good job and make sure you're not like your mother and make sure you do this and do that. So I initially went to school to be a high school counselor just because my counselors are always so um, important in my life, you know? Um, especially Kim Rodan. And I I love her to this day. And I appreciate her. I probably would not be in college now if it wasn't for her guidance, to be honest with you. And I felt like I was very influential around my peers. And I just always wanted to uplift Black men and Black women. And I said I had that persuasive and that, that communication and that interest. So initially went to school for that. Okay. Psychology major, it was boring to hell. Sociology major, it was even worse. <laughs> and then I took a public speaking course and I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is super fun, right? Yes. And so um, I had a good friend, Chantel Latini, one night, this had to be like end of January 2006. And she, we were just getting, having some drinks at her house and she was like, do you want to work the Grammy Awards? And I'm just like, hell yeah, super casual like that. You want to work the Grammy Awards next week? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I'm down. Exactly. Right, and um, go work the Grammy Awards as a talent escort uh, for a radio uh, media press event, and uh, for a company named Crutchy Entertainment. Crutchy Entertainment is hired by Grammys and Billboards, and ABC, and all the other networks as a, a event planner and a booking agency, talent booking agency. He has all the uh, connections with the record labels to get the talent there, and um. I was an escort, and I guess I was just kicking ass one day. And him and I were just talking about this the other day. And he was like, What made, what stood out? What, what did you do to make you stand out or whatever? And I said, um, I said, I think that none of your escorts had pins. Somebody forgot to buy pins. And between the artists that I was working with, I, I took it upon myself to take my own cash and go down to Staples and buy some pins for the team and make sure they had pins. And then he was impressed with that. And he um, took me up under his wing from there. And that's, that's all she wrote. Um, and so that has allowed me to work at the BT Awards for the past 17 years. You know, American Idol when it was with, with Fox, um, Lupus LA entertainment events, our celebrity poker tournaments um, with Lupus LA, excuse me, um, a lot of other different celebrity events as well, uh, Billboard Awards, American Music Awards, Grammys, obviously. Yeah. And so from there I was like, okay, well I have to do this full time. And so I went on and got internships in uh, public relations I was doing some PR for Warren G back in the day. And that led to, uh, working with, uh, Michael Levine, which was Michael Jackson's, uh, publicist at one point. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. Universal music group, became an intern there. I Heart media became an intern there as well, doing production. And, um, all this time while I'm in school and I'm interning, you know, I'm doing side gigs, you know, and I, my yeah. name is becoming somewhat recognizable within the industry for these media and press events and and hiring talent escorts. Where Fox is now calling me to say, "Hey, can you come work this radio remote event for us here?" And then it turned into Tracy Zemanski with Coaster Entertainment said, "Hey, can you bring some escorts for this event here?" You know, mm. celebrity poker tournament and celebrity golf tournament. You know, so it kind of just kind of grew like that. Um, And then before
0: before you carry on, right, before you uh carry on, I I just want to highlight that you went to Staples and got a bag of pens and that and that one act impressed this this one person. I just want to share something similar. I went to an event out in this was when I went to Costa Mesa, California. I went to Mm -hmm. a fitness business summit. And I was read. I was reading up, you know, on how to how to connect with people who are just I don't want to say up there, but you know, they're they're where you're trying to get to. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. of it, one of it was to just to do some type of random kind act that not everyone would do. So uh, I went. I got a card. I, I knew that that the the organizer was big into Starbucks, so I got him a fifty dollars Starbucks gift card and just a thank you card for for the event passed it out to him and then the next year and granted it was only for 3 minutes but still but he gave me 3 minutes to share, to share my story at the next conference of a thousand people wow. you know like just just from that one act it helped me stand out in in his mind yeah. you yeah. know so it's mm-hmm. like when you when, when you said that i was like see it's like all of that snowballed from that one mm-hmm. random act of kindness
1: yeah. absolutely like, that's amazing yep. it right. is and, and and as and as a student cuz i think i was maybe in my second year of college then Maybe my third year of college, um, you know, as a student, you gotta, you gotta. I don't want to say kiss a little ass, but you know, you're gonna start from the bottom. You're gonna be the entry level guy. So don't yeah. sit up here and walk around and thinking that, you know, your shit don't stink or you too good yeah. to do the bottom of the barrel jobs. Because if you want to yeah. impress you gotta somebody, you got, you gotta do, you gotta do what's necessary. You know what I mean? You gotta stand out, like you said. And you know, and, but at the same time, once you know that next event, I think I worked after that was BET Awards 2006, and so I went from a talent escort to now I'm, I'm managing. Um, like A-list talent, you know what I mean? Like he yeah. only wants to be on A-list talent and then he's making sure I'm running the whole room as well. And that's, I think I'm what, just turned 20 at this point, you know? Wow. And um, I, I didn't know that I was going to get into this. I didn't know I liked it. I didn't know that it was going to, you know, be something I was good at or that was something that would interest me. But I do, I love talent relations and I love the media and I love connecting the two and being that communication liaison. And so it allowed me to really find what I was good at, you know? And, um, but I've seen a lot of people that were in the same position as me as managing the room and making sure that these A-list talent get to where they need to be and everything is running smoothly, not be around long, you know? So I'm grateful that it's been, you know, 16 years that he's still working with me and, and I still have opportunities within the entertainment business, you know? um because s- sustaining is, is just as hard as getting into it you know what i mean a yeah. lot of people can get into it but can you make it last you know what i mean and yeah. that always has given me so much um anxiety and pressure because you know, you build yourself up, you know, I've met all these celebrities and people see me doing all this stuff and they're just like, Oh, what happened now? You know, I don't want them to say that, you know? yeah. And so I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the future and I'm constantly thinking about ways that I can grow and, you know, my next move and and, and, and what I need to do to kind of sustain this, you know, cause it's not easy. Okay.
0: So, so what's that, what what's that uh, award behind you?
1: Oh, so that is um, last year. During pandemic, you know that was like the first year that we had to have a, a virtual radio, remote, and media press event. And BET sent um, me a nice appreciation award nice. for my years of working with them and uh, my contributions to the radio, remote, and press event for the past 16 years. Yeah, so that's
0: awesome. Yeah, All right. yeah. So, so describe a day a day in the life of Mike Barker.
1: Well, now I don't have to do as much like hustle and bustle and. I mean, I don't want to say kissing butt, but now things are a little more simpler because you know I I'm fortunate enough to be in the corporate side of uh, the entertainment business. So I'm currently, in addition to still doing side gigs for um, Crutchy Entertainment, um, I'm full time as an account manager and a senior licensing rep for Motion Picture Licensing Corporation. So I deal with businesses and the movie studios. Um, I'm that liaison that connects the two. I get the movie studios. uh, I get the businesses the rights they need from the movie studios to be able to play certain content within their businesses. And so I'm dealing with a lot of legal stuff. I'm dealing with contracts. And um, it's not as exciting as getting into talent relations. But I, I need to be that corporate America guy. I need to see what that feels like, you know. I need to uh, be able to analyze contracts and agreements and be able to communicate with CEOs and CFOs and attorneys. And so that was my whole purpose of getting into that. But a day in my life is still hectic and crazy, you know, because, you know, I started my own entertainment company, Bark Entertainment, which I don't want to do a lot of work with. I'm not gonna lie. I want to keep it very simple, Um, but I have an intern. So I'm constantly having projects with my intern because my scholarship, Carlos Schumer scholarship falls under my entertainment company. You know, uh, gigs that I book as a freelancer are under that as well. And I try to take my interns on with me in as many projects as I can because they have aspirations of being in the entertainment business as well. Publish my own book under Barker Entertainment as well. All marketing promotion was through my entertainment company, through myself, through my connections. And so it is it can be a lot, it's a lot of planning. But I, I find it important to give you know 70% of myself to corporate America and 30% of myself to my entrepreneurship because I don't feel like I can call myself an entertainment guru if I'm on the front lines and seeing how the industry changes. If I'm not out there really seeing how the industry is day to day, then I can't call myself a guru because I can't speak to the truth on how the consumer is accepting or not accepting of a product or what's working in social media what's not working in social media you know what i mean and um so a a day in my life can be super hectic. like today is going to be dealing with a lot of accounts with um with motion picture licensing corporation because it's wednesday and wednesday is i try to make wednesday like my legal days my kid was sick for two days so he's better now and he's back at school so i'm constantly on the phone him like you're on your way home like i'm stopping at 7-eleven i'm like no stop eating that junk okay come (laughs) home and Making sure that I'm up at six o'clock in the morning so I can start work by at least six thirty because I want to get off early enough so I can take him to football practice, you know. And know. and he's at football practice. I'm recording some stuff there, but at the same time, I'm answering some emails because you know I have uh, I took on a, a small client, a good friend of mine who just uh, directed an independent film, and so I'm kind of helping him do some press and some publicity with that as well. So it It can be a lot, but I would say that I'm fortunate enough to kind of set my own schedule to kind of set my own things that I need to do and um and you really only have that power when you work hard at a younger age. You bust your butt at a younger age you got that power to call out on oh, this is what I want to do, but at the same time, you know I'm going on i'm four years now with the movie licensing, and uh I'm like itching for something different and something more <laughs> and so um it's it's all of that too, man. It's all of that. <laughs>
0: so, so what? What more? Like, what more are you looking for?
1: Um, gosh, I don't like to talk about it because I fucking jinx myself. But I, I, I <laughs> you could um, go. The, you can go the other way and
0: actually speak it into existence. Exactly. Um. <laughs>
1: I need to be a part of an academy. you know. I need to be a part of the Television and Film Academy or the Grammy Recording Academy. Gotcha. And I need to get back into uh, talent relations more full time because that's just really what I'm amazing at and I'm good at. And um, love it. I love the company that I work for now. Um, I'm just not being fed at the pace that I need to be fed at. Gotcha. And so um, sometimes if they ain't gonna feed you, you gotta feed yourself. You know what I mean? Um, But I think it's also too, like working remotely from home for as long as we have been, what has been over a year now. You know, I went to the office yesterday for the first time and I was like, oh, okay, this is the motivation I needed. Like just getting dressed again and coming in here. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, maybe the itch will kind of like fall back a little bit. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Like I just, you know. I'm gonna be honest too. I went to and I, I hate saying this aloud, but um because <laughs> I don't like to speak about my failures too much. Yeah. Uh, but I just went through um six interviews with Sony. Okay, six. Okay. Did not get the job. And I was like so freaking devastated.
0: See see, and, but that's that's not a failure. That's a not yet.
1: Okay, thank you for saying right. that. Right?
0: It's so a not yet. I that. I I'm the reframe king. It's like, I I, I actually did a show a couple, a couple weeks ago. Mm. Like, I think that would be a good one for you to check out. The whole show was about how failure is a hoax.
1: hoax. Okay, for sure. I'm going to check it out.
0: Yep. Failure is a hoax. Like if you try something and it doesn't work, you still learn lessons there. You know, Mm. if you go for an opportunity and you don't get it, it's just a not yet. You know, so so just like give it some time, apply again, apply again. Then when something comes, they're gonna be like, "This Mike guy is persistent." Like maybe we maybe we need to look at him. You know, yeah, that's how that that's how that stuff works. Like the local the local news stations here, I I pitch them constantly, 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 and then finally something something came up, and the reporter called me (laughs) and said, "Hey, you know, we we have an opportunity for you." Yeah, so yeah, that's one thing that my now, one of my business coaches said, "She's like, you know, every no is just a not yet, you know. So they're like, just wait a little bit, follow up again, you know, wait a little bit, follow up again, and just just let them see that you're serious about working for for them,
1: you know." Okay. Okay. I probably shouldn't have said that. I hope nobody from Motion Picture Licensing hears this. <laughs> I'm very appreciative, but <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right. So when when did you get into speaking? Um. When I get into speaking, I was oops, sorry. Let me do this. I was uh, right after undergrad. That's what it was. My mentor and good friend and former professor of mine, Don Kelsey, uh, called me back to Cal State Long Beach and was like, "I want you to come on my alumni panel and I want you to speak about your uh, career because even right after I graduated um, with my bachelor's." You know, I I had a job immediately, you know. I was a hustler though too, because it was like I had offered I got offered an internship, not even on the tangent, but let me tell you kinda how she okay. was inspired and wanted me to come speak. Yeah. Because I got offered two internships at the same time, iHeartMedia Media and then Universal Music Group. And so I went through I went to Universal Music Group and said. And so right when I graduated, I was like, F, I do not have a job immediately. And so I was like I guess I go to grad school, and so I went to I applied for grad school and got in. But I was like, I need a job, job. You know what I mean? And so um, like a full time job, not like gigs on the side. You know? Yeah. And so um, at that point, I uh, went back to iHeartMedia and I said, listen, I graduated, but I'm available. Do you have an internship opportunity open? I know that you can give internships to people who are not getting college credit. And she was like, oh, I can override that. Yeah, of course. I'm like hell yeah. So <laughs> that's how iHeartMedia got on my resume, even after I graduated, you know. Yeah. And then that led right into being um, being a marketing manager for Universal Studios and American Express. So I worked for a marketing firm, Innovative Marketing Group, and so they were responsible for the partnership. Of Universal Studios and American Express. So I manage that whole partnership. Yeah. And um, so that's why I call myself the guru too, because I'm I understand entertainment and financial marketing as well, which a lot of people don't realize is super lucrative. And so from there, when she saw my hustle, she was like, dude, like you hustle straight out of school. I want you to come back and speak to these kids. And so I came back and I spoke to the kids and they were super inspired and it kind of worked out with a partnership because when I would speak to the kids, they would always be right before award shows that I would have and I would take a handful of kids as talent escorts and give them some work experience, you know. Yeah. And so a lot of these kids can went on went to Atlantic Records, CAA. Um, one just got hired at Warner, you know, and so that made me feel good, too, in terms of I can speak from my experience at the same time, I can give these kids opportunities as well. And so, um, it just kind of led me it led to a lot of students always calling me for advice and always wanting to talk to me after the session was over. And then it turned into my best friend who was a counselor who is a counselor and professor at Compton College, wanted me to come speak to his school and I, and that I did. so I just I haven't stop from there.
0: What what's your main like? What's your core story?
1: What's my core story? Yeah, what's your answer?
0: What's your main topic?
1: Oh, when I um, it's really about how to get in, how to get into the entertainment business, the hustle, the importance of internships, you know, how to stand out, um how to not give up. How to look at your competition and realize that, yeah, sometimes you're just not going to get it. How to be a polished person, how to have a polished resume, how to market yourself, how to brand yourself. And that's where first strategies of personal branding and marketing yourself came from as well. Because um, when I talked to these kids, one time I think I spoke to American Marketing, the American Marketing Association. And um, I came up with just four strategies on how I became successful which was, you know, um, the number one way, number, I can't remember right now, but knowing the new, new, staying relevant in your industry. Um, those are two things that come up the top of my head that are very important because it's like, you got to know the new stuff in the industry. You got to know, you got to show these professionals that you are the future and you are aware of the future because they don't want somebody stuck in the past. Uh, it's important to obviously, um, you know, not only build your network but grow relationships a lot of people say oh i want to build my network build my network and get a whole bunch of phone numbers get a whole bunch of email addresses but you don't use them and so yeah. i talk about how to overcome that awkward conversation you know and how to stay in contact with your mentors without being awkward you know mm-hmm. and um and so that's kind of led to that as well so everything okay. kind of happening organically
0: all right so give me give me an example of a best practice to stay in touch with you with your mentor without being awkward
1: Okay. Um, simply by just saying Happy Mother's Day, every holiday tap in. You mean something as authentic as that, you know? And mm-hmm. it has led to now me and my mentor talk like, Hey, let's go to the beach this weekend. You know what I mean? Or let's take our kids together. You know what I mean? Kind of stuff. It's just organic conversations. Something, and then we're and we're in the text days too. You know what I mean? So it's like it's okay to go through a scenario or be reminded of somebody and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. This would happen to me today, you know what I mean? But at the same time, don't always be a taker, though. You know, yes. you got to be a giver, too. you got to express to people like, hey, just thinking about you, hope all is well. Give yes. them the opportunity to kind of vent to you as well, you know, because I've had people just come to me only when they needed me. You yeah. know, it was kids come to me. What should I wear for an interview and what should I do for this and how do I answer this question and just reveal themselves to me and their anxieties to me? And then once they made it, it was just like, Psh. And you kinda expect it, especially with the young twenty year olds, they don't understand it. It's okay, you're green in the business, it's yeah. okay. Um, I don't take it personal, you know what I mean, because they always come back some kind of way. Yeah. You know, but I you just look at them a little differently because I'd rather you come back organically and, and, and more genuine than just yes. needing a favor or needing to brag about where you are in your life now. I wanna hear the struggles and the and the successes, you know what I mean? Exactly. So Yeah.
0: Like just, just to add on to that too, as you said, you got to be a giver. Like so many people, like I had someone inbox me the other day with just this long pitch of their investing services. And I just wrote back, I don't even know who you are. You know, like you didn't say, Hey Robert, I see you, see you're a speaker. How are you today? Like, yes, I am a speaker. You know, how are you? Like, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit first you know and the, yeah. then you can say hey you know i feel like mm-hmm. i get but but you just send me this long old pitch mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> it's like i have yeah. no clue who, who, who you are like the way yeah. the way i i get next to people is i just shower them with love you know like especially mm-hmm. on so, social media like their post share their pose, retweet yes. their pose. Yes. you know say something nice that they did and tag them in it yeah. you know people go the other way they want to take one of their things and they want to tag the influencer in it it's like that doesn't do anything for them but Not if i say hey so and so just rocked out this this video about yeah. xyz topic you guys need to check this out
1: Heck you know yeah. so
0: like i'm gonna be on someone's live stream next week from mm-hmm. that i just spent two months just showering her with love and she's here in rhode island you know, wow. like, but, but I genuinely like her stuff. You know, and so, yep. you know, yep. our messages resonate. So I'm sharing yep. the stuff, sharing the stuff. Like, I joined her, I joined her her channel. You know, and I've been adding value in in the community, and then yeah. finally, she asked me if I would like to be on one of the live streams. I said absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so and it's that's like, how
1: it kind of worked for me as well in terms yeah. of like building all these relationships with these DJs over the years of working these press events, you know what I mean? Like, I genuinely love y'all work and love y'all personality. I, I, not everybody you're going to be close with or click with, you know what I mean? You kind of go with yeah. the, 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 the uh, natural, genuine feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. But me creating my own marketing and publicity was just years of building the relationships where now I can finally say, hey, i need you you know what i mean like i need your help with this promoting this book you know what i mean but yeah. if i wasn't like a genuine real honest person and didn't show a, any interest in their lives and who they are they wouldn't have been so accepting and wanting to help me promote it you know exactly. and so um i'm grateful for that you know what i mean like so that, that that makes a big difference to me but you have to realize too is you know if god places a whole bunch of winners around you you can't be that hater God placed these winners around you for you to be inspired. You know what I mean? And I had to catch myself in that too because I had a friend of mine who lives in D.C., Dominique, and I'm so proud of her. She just got into the Grammy Recording Academy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so proud of you. And It is amazing and shocking. And I just took it as like, Mike, don't be envious, but be inspired by that. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, dude, I just I can't wait to the day that the Academy can just look at me as someone as, as – that important too. You know what I mean?
0: So. I do. I do. Yeah. So be like, once we sign off, like don't, don't immediately click off. Cause uh, I have something I want to run. I want to run by you. When okay. we're, when we're that, that I okay. think can, can really help you. Okay. Um, all right. So we got about, what, what do we got? We got about seven minutes left. So in okay. these, in these seven minutes, like what what would you say to someone who, know, some young person who wants to get into the into the entertainment industry, like what would you say to them?
1: I would say to them, you know, start that experience early, you know, and don't think that just because you're not getting the internship, that's your dream department, that it's not going to make a difference in your resume. I think the most important thing is to have very reputable entertainment companies our reputable artists our reputable events and have a consistent. On your resume, that makes a difference. People didn't start taking me seriously until they saw the years I had worked with Barry Crutcher, all the events I had worked. Then, you know, American Express, Universal Studios didn't take me as seriously until they saw um, Universal Music Group on my resume. You know, and so once these A-list reputable companies see that you ha- understand the culture of other reputable companies, they're going to take. Uh, They're going to take you on and they're going to be willing to want to uh, bring you in as an intern or bring you in as an employee, you know, and it works for the same way with the tech companies where it's like, you know, once they see you with Netflix, okay, then Hulu's going to feel comfortable and then Amazon's going to feel comfortable and then you'll just be kind of recycled around. And that's only speaking from a friend of mine who is a recruiter for Amazon, you know, and, um, and, and I think it's also about just being the most professional and polished individual and having really good communication etiquette you know and um, i think that's very important too like i i don't like to see sloppy young professionals you know because i just feel like they're making a hard on themselves you know yeah. and sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and suck it up and just say this one moment in my life that may be an embarrassing bad moment does not define everything that's going to happen in my life you know what i mean yeah and um that's, that's what I think is the best, you know, dress to impress all the time, you know, always speak, not BS, but speak things that are real, you know, you know, sometimes people just talk to hear themselves talk, you know, and (laughs) it's like, if you don't have really something important to say, it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to listen sometimes, you know, do that, you know, but it's also like, it's, when I was like trying to be somebody in the industry, you know i i was it was no sleep for me, you know if I was up listening to music at night, I was up applying to internships and jobs, it was no sleep for me, you know, and then I was always thinking about a strategy, I was always thinking about my next move, my next plan, I was always revamping my resume, I was always doing research, I was always talking to somebody to be inspired by you know it's a constant learning thing too, you just can't have no laziness in it, you know. I love that. No yeah.
0: laziness. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing.
1: And, like and you're going to fall it, places yeah. as well sometimes where it's like, okay, I, I, I wanted to be a publicist at first. And then I was like, I don't like publicity. You know what I mean? And then sometimes you have to let the industry uh, tell you what you're good at. Let's just be real. You know what I mean? Yep. And and so they felt that at one point I was good at sales, digital sales. And I was like, Oh, as much as I don't like to be that guy, I guess I had that <laughs> communication that, you know, and I'll take that. I'll do that, you know? So I'm cool with you.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's like when I started my gym, it was one of those things that I was always good at connecting with people. I was always good at making people feel like they are more than than they think they are because mm-hmm. they are. They are. Like uh-huh. most, people, most people operate on a five, you know? So, but they have the capabilities to be a 10, but they operate on a five. So mm-hmm. I, I helped them, you know, up there up their thought process so that they're always operating at a high level. Like, oh my God, this is a weird example. I was in a softball game on Sunday and, you know, the I was pitching and the person pops it up in the infield and I go running and the third baseman was trying to call me off, but I was already in a full head of steam. I'm like, there is no way I'm stopping. And that's just how I operate in life. So whenever I hear people saying about, oh, there's no opportunities, there's no jobs, there's no this, there's no that, it's like you aren't focused enough in your search.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> it's right. like yeah. there's opportunities everywhere. Absolutely. 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 There's, I saw on YouTube, there's a man with no arms and no legs who swims okay i was like so so don't so don't tell me yeah right so don't tell me there's no opportunities Mm -hmm. when this guy's got no limbs but he found the way to swim (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's what it was i was so hungry i was just like i want to be at every entertainment event whether i was getting paid for it or not i just needed to be of the industry and around the industry all the time and that's how i was through my 22 i I had that strategy that strategy in my mind where it's like people are going to see me around entertainment all the time you know um and so now obviously i'm older i have a little my strategies are a little different now but you know you have to have a strategy you know because some i had a friend tell me at one point you know an old friend tell me um when i wanted to be a publicist he said if you want to be a publicist you got to be your publicist first you know what i mean like how do you promote yourself and market yourself first and i took that seriously and i was like okay well I'm just as important as anybody else. And I'm I'm inspired by the greats. I'm inspired by Janet Jackson. I'm inspired by Jay-Z. I'm inspired by their marketing tactics and their consistency and their content and their professionalism and their their polished projects and the marketing behind it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I wasn't going to come out with a book until I felt like it was going to be polishing a, and on point, you know, and, and speaking of that, don't let me forget about what I was going to announce. Oh, my oh, I, no. <laughs> I have it, it
0: written down. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Yeah, you can, you can go, go into that now.
1: Yeah. So, um, I am going to be releasing the second edition of my book A four strategies in personal branding and marketing yourself, September 19th paperback. Nice. It will be out September 19th edition two, September 19th. Awesome. Um. So you will uh, definitely get that link soon. And I, I'm super excited about that. It's going to be in the classroom at Cal State Long Beach in January. Oh, nice. Yes, in a communication class. Um, And that all came through building relationships as well. And I really catered this book for those students the class is a gateway to communication. So it's really teaching them how to have a career within communication. And a lot of these kids want to get into media and entertainment and the arts. And so I took a lot of the concepts from the classroom and I applied it to concepts within my book and just connected the two and married the two. And the professor loved the book. And she said, this needs to be a course guide for my class. So Cal State Long Beach will have four strategies of personal branding and marketing yourself in January. In second edition will be out September nineteenth, and the second edition is going to be a lot more content. Now I'm going to be tapping into those A-list brand awareness and and then branding professionals and marketing professionals. I'm going to be interviewing a lot of uh, different marketing professionals and really getting their insight on how they continue to build brands as well. So it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm super excited about it.
0: That's awesome. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. So for for our final word. What would you what would you say is is the most important factor when it comes to someone's personal brand?
1: Um their integrity and them being genuine. I think that's the most important thing. You know, if you if if, if you're being genuine, you're going to release genuine content. If you have integrity, you're going to not want to to step on people to get to the, to the top, you know what I mean? And so everything is is all going to come out positive, and all the positive is going to come right back to you, you know what I mean? And like I said, if you're genuine as well, then you're not going to create BS projects or make BS moves just because you want to be famous or just because you want the attention, but because you believe in that project and that project's going to help somebody else, you know? Like, I hell yeah, I could have released a book several years ago. but I didn't feel knowledgeable enough. Or I didn't feel like I had the years enough until now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, and once I felt like the students are really like needing these four strategies, and these four strategies really helped me. I said, Okay, now is the time because it was it was genuine and it was real, you know what I mean? It was yeah, so yeah, Love that's it. The most important. Yeah.
0: All right, so how can people get, get in touch with you on social?
1: Um, I am Mike Barker, ENT Guru. Mike Barker, ENT Guru on IG. And just go to my IG. My IG will take you to all my links, my Facebook. Barker Barker, which is my business page on Facebook as well, Barker Entertainment right there will take you to all of my links as well. So um, yeah, reach out to me. I I tell students all the time, you need advice, you need some resume building, you need events, you want to talk about some strategies. Need to book a speaker. Yes, public speaker. I'm always <laughs> down for that as well. You know, I'm down for all of that. So yes, I love that, and I appreciate you, brother. I I thank you so much, man. Like I, I love I love this. The, the conversation was great. It was organic. It was nice, and uh, I'm really gonna take you up on that on that offer of calling you when I'm going through some frustration. Yeah, signature.
0: absolutely absolutely please do thank you for Welcome. taking the time to share with with the crew thank you. and uh yeah we'll de- we'll definitely have you on on again when that second book releases you know we'll see okay. see what you're going up That's you know fun. see what you got going on then yes right? Sir.
1: Help, all help right
0: i'll be promote that baby yeah again yes. don't don't sign up yet okay all right have a good day you too all right. That's another awesome conversation. I told you that's the best part about doing this is everyone that we meet has a great story. And with and not following these talking points, we end up getting to some some deep stuff and that helps us better connect, you know, and that's and that's the purpose, like especially for for men. You know, it's important for for us to to be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to admit that you're struggling with some things. It's okay to put it out there because there's another man that's dealing with it. And he and I did not talk before this day. I didn't know that he he was a single parent. I didn't know that his kid's mom wasn't nearby in the picture. Like, and we're both dealing with that. You know what I mean? So that's why we do this stuff so we can help out our fellow brothers and sisters. So thank you guys for tuning in. I'll be back on Friday. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.